Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk through film. I'm sorry, take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will come out of the gods. Let's action. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, your official podcast for the most important movie news or something. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined only by Brad today. Brad, how are you? Are you okay? Like, you've been doing this intro forever, and that was kind of weak. <laughs> I know. I was, I was trying to do something different, and I couldn't think of something. Do you ever do that where you have this, like, idea, and then you start going over in your head and like, oh, that's not good? And then it comes out anyways, and it's too late to take it back. And you're All like, Fuck. the time. <laughs> yeah. Feels like I mean, my it'll... default setting. This sounds really great yeah. in my head. Oh, no, this is bad as I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least I didn't say anything like off color or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me being stupid. So that's good. All right. Let's workshop this. It's got to be Black Adam themes. So um, <laughs> what was okay. a funny Welcome. quip you said? Uh, welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, a lightning bolt of electricity in your podcasting world. <laughs> um, uh, sure, yeah. I mean, you use that for Shazam, too. So we were saying Yeah, that. I mean, um, they're, be- they're both powered by the same wizard. So, I mean, technically that works. How about Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, where we're just an average movie show podcast. And then you f- wait a minute, and then you say, "That was sarcasm." <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's a nice poll. Uh, so every week on Real Nerds podcast, we see a new movie and podcast our experience of the world. If you haven't guessed by our bumbling intro, um, this week we saw Black Adam. Um, stay tuned soon, where we'll recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the film. Um, and we'll also touch on the big movie news of the week and recommend something or not just talk about something we like you know it's what we do we do movies that's all we do we're old i know so. and i i'm going to call a bullshit on how many horror films you've been watching oh here we go um because i don't know how you're seeing so many um unless they're on in the background and you're watching them and for those listening at home i did my fingers in air quotes because that was sarcasm well, let me uh, burst this little conspiracy theory you got going on because um, my advantage is that I am single and I don't have kids and I stay up late. So <laughs> eat shit. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even poke holes in that. <laughs> yep. Flawless. So and know, you know what? Should... I'm going to start watching all the Simpsons Treehouse of War episodes. So you can't use those against me either. Fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got Disney Plus. Nice. I can watch more than the actual DVDs that I own. Because of Disney Plus, so <laughs> I'm gonna watch 30 Treehouse Horrors just just to really twist the knife into you. Oh, 30. That's like, man, it's well. I mean, it's not gonna be 30, 30 minutes each one. It's still probably gonna be like 13 hours. <laughs> yeah, well, I am well trained at staying up all night. If that's what it takes. <laughs> nice. How did your uh, screenings go for your film? Uh, pretty good. Um. The uh, EFP people really seem to enjoy it. I got a lot of feedback after the screening during the networking session, so that was cool. Um, there's like a like a horror uh, collective in town. I guess they just meet and watch horror movies, and they're like, "Dude, you know, we got to like collaborate on something." I was like, "Sure, no problem. Let's do that." So nice. And also, I was like, "Hey, I've got a podcast. So if you guys want to like amplify your your little your club, let me know because we can do that." 
Nice. So, uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, just like a week ago, Ralph, who runs the Colorado Springs uh, event, said like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you after uh, the uh, Short Circuit Fest that I, I programmed your your short for, uh, they do a Three Nights of Horror uh, screening. It, it's like in this art collective, so they have like a screening room. And they uh, show feature like Hollywood movies, and then they pluck a couple local stuff to like intro it. So he picked Stalker to go ahead of American Psycho. Oh, nice. When you really think about it, it's super appropriate. Um, and yeah, for some reason, uh, the screening of the movie was the funniest screening I've ever seen of it. <laughs> like everyone was <laughs> cracking up. Uh, you know, it, it felt like I was watching the movie in a different way. Cause I've probably mm. seen it like four or five times yeah. ever now. And, uh, like it gets better each time. And then this one was just different because everyone was just laughing. Uh, hmm. just cause how absurd, I guess, <laughs> Uh, some of the dialogue is, and just how ridiculous um, Patrick Bateman's character really is. Like he's oh, not, yeah. you know, the first couple times you, like the first time I watched it, I was like clueless as to like what what is this? I don't understand it. And then third or fourth time, I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of twisted and threatening. And then the past two times, I've been kind of like, this guy's kind of a a joke, you know? Um, yeah, it's definitely a film that has a lot of layers. Because the first time I saw it too, I I, I wasn't that big of a fan, but then I sat down and watched it with our friend Brandon and uh, it made it more fun. Um, you know, you know, yeah. even the scene where I, I got to return some videotapes. I and... cannot, I cannot watch the movie without thinking of Brandon <laughs> anymore because of that. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And so I kind of want to start like getting out situations in my real life by constantly using, I need to return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I think it'll work. Yeah. So. <laughs> right on. That's hey awesome. Brad, what time were you seeing uh the movie? Oh, I can't. I got to return some videotapes. <laughs> hey Brad, can My you help me move? Are your friends? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have to go return some videotapes. Movie's great. I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I'll watch it sometime this week. Yeah, yeah, you need more films to add to your yeah. list, or else you're gonna really blow it. I know. I think I'm. I don't know if I can catch up to you already. It, it's really helped because, uh, so I I resubscribed to Peacock, and Peacock has like all these great '80s, '70s trauma movies, and um, yeah. So I just I just I just loaded it up, and I'm just picking them off one by one. Nice. Like Hulu Win was Hulu Win was great, but they have a lot of like more modern stuff but yeah peacock, i don't like that hulu puts commercials now in movies oh i mean Sucks. peacock's doing that too but it's it's because i'm on like i'm on the cheapest tier i'm sure if well, i was yeah. paying a premium i wouldn't have to deal with it at all but it's not well, that I bad i can't pay premium on hulu and peacock because i pay premium on hbo max and netflix and those are 16 dollars each Let's do what i'm doing you keep like one active and sunset the other ones until you're I'll call, yeah, I'll I, up when you want, and I would do that, but um, my kid doesn't watch normal TV, so he oh, I'm always sorry. Is, is he something on. the man of the house, or are you? <laughs> well, there's times, Brad, when I um, don't want to deal with him, so I turn on, <laughs> let him watch um, his, you know, Netflix shows and stuff. So you're paying like sixteen to eighteen dollars a month for a babysitter? Wow. Yeah, totally. Isn't that what everybody does? I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch kids. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's just like Peacock has this really obscure stuff that I've always wanted to watch. That I mean, I would say I've always wanted to watch, but just like I was always curious about because you know, oh, it's a way for you to watch them that doesn't require effort, <laughs> right? Like I always remember seeing the cover art at Hollywood Video, being like someday, and then yes. VHS tips tips disappeared. A lot of those didn't make it to DVD. <laughs> But here they are on Peacock. Nice. So, um, yeah. I haven't touched my traditional playlist, which I might not at all. But, you know, if suddenly I see you catching up to me, I might pop in all seven Saw movies and extend that lead. Nice. Do it. Get my Friday 13th on. That's like 13, 12, 12. Yeah, 12 movies. 12, yeah. 
When's that thirteenth coming out? I don't know. Hopefully soon. Like I said, I just I just call it the thirteenth. I don't even call it Friday the thirteenth. You don't have to worry about paying um uh Victor Miller any rights. You just call it the thirteenth. Yeah. I guess you can have a you can have adult Jason. You just can't have Friday the thirteenth in the title. Everybody know what it is, you know. Uh you, you, you can have young you can't have yeah, you can't have um like boy J like child Jason and the name Friday the thirteenth because he owns the rights to those. Right. So you would so me, I would just speak but you get you get have vamp Pamela Voorhees? Uh maybe not because I guess that'd be his creation too. Yeah, but I mean, does anyone even really care about anything else but adult Jason and a hockey mask? I don't. Maybe they could even like refer to him as something like the shape. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again. like, who is this guy? Like, it's been so long. There could be like a bunch of Gen Zers at a camp being like, they've never heard of the legend at all. Just yeah. Like, Who's the hockey mask dude? <laughs> or you just take it back to the 80s. I think that would be fun too. The 80s and 70s were really like the sweet spot for horror. Like, as I've been watching these old ones, like, they just, like, the new ones are glossy and cool but the 70s days have that vibe like this raw vibe yeah I, I i don't disagree i think um even when they're totally stupid like a lot of them yeah. I've seen. oh yeah i mean i watched one this week called the sentinel and i i, I got it a while ago because screen factory does their shocktober sale which by the way i ordered like four movies from them and on like the second of October and they still haven't even processed my order. Hmm. Um, I'm guessing cause they got tons, but anyways, so uh, I was reading, they're doing this retrospective right now on their website uh, because it's their 10th anniversary. And like their head of acquisitions said that the Sentinels is favorite, one of his favorite horror movies. It's like, oh, I got this a year ago. I guess I can watch it now. <laughs> and, uh, and it like, it's not a great movie, but there is this um, 70s, I don't know if charm's the right word, but like how you were saying, you know, it's inventive. And and I mean, there's people like uh, Christopher Walken and a bunch of really famous people in it, Jeff Goldblum. And I mean, it has to be really early roles for both of them. Uh, Chris Sarandon. And it's just pretty cool. Um, it's just a weird movie. Um, but yeah, it had this weird vibe to it that, you know, I don't know if horror movies now can do. And especially when you go back and watch the stuff from the late 1990s to the early 2000s, you know, it's all about quick cuts and found footage and hard rock soundtracks. (laughs) Yeah. They're all just so pristine and glossy, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. There's something about the old film grain and um, yeah. sloppiness of those old movies that, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Anyways, speaking of glossy movies, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Black Adam. Brad, do you recommend Black Adam? Uh, it's fun, but overall I found it kind of hollow. Um it felt like a movie that's trying to make um, a problematic character likable. Um, so it, it has its fun parts, but overall, I don't know. I couldn't tell you most of the characters' names, <laughs> other than they're like secret, like their hero identities. So that should tell you how invested I was in those characters. <laughs> Um, you know, actually, I had more fun in this movie than I thought I was going to have. Uh, you know, it, it has a couple of things in it that uh, I'll get into after we play the trailer that have been done in other films, superhero films. But yes, <laughs> um, but I do. I mean, The Rock is really charismatic. Um, he's really fun in it. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was really fun in it. Um 
and yeah, I, I, I mean, I just had fun with it. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Um, and I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was. Cause even though I love the rock, you know, when I was watching the trailers, I go, man, I don't know this movie. There's something about it that I wasn't really sold on, but I had fun and I think people should see it. Here's a trailer for black Adam. Black Adam. What have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. Now, I kneel before no one. In this world, they're heroes. They're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. My vision has shown me the future. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. That's up to you. Did he just catch a rocket? He got a rocket. Black Adam tells the story of Teth Adam, who was a slave in... Is it Kandar? What's the name of the... <laughs> Kandak? Kandak, okay. An ancient civilization that was um, harvesting um, vibranium. I mean... um... (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Like, this movie feels like they put a a post-it on the board of all the successful things that is going on in comics and -hmm. then did their version of it. Like, like right right out of the gate, the kid who uh, hangs out with... uh, Black Adam is pretty much Shazam. Like how Shazam oh, yeah, works totally. in this movie. So like, okay, Shazam worked. So let's pair up Black Adam with a kid who is really mm-hmm. comic book savvy. Okay, cool. Got that. Um, Go on. Yeah, uh, so he is uh, he I do like this, the flashback of his uh, as we it reveals that's actually his son who is the true champion of uh, the ancient city, and when he became, he bestowed on his dad these powers of Black Adam or Shazam, I guess. And uh, his uh, Teth Adam just went crazy and went after revenge. So he wasn't the real champion. I thought that was a cool little twist to it. Um, Which, if you watch and, Shazam, adds actually a little bit to. Um, like whoever Jaiman uh, Huntsu's character is, like mm-hmm. why he's trying so hard to find a worthy champion. Yeah, because obviously they're bad at selecting it because <laughs> they, you know, pick Black Adam there. But um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, th- I mean, the action's cool. I-, I did it. I did kind of enjoy a guy who is as powerful as Superman, not giving a fuck, <laughs> like literally throwing dudes and like dropping them and killing them on purpose. Like Homelander. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like I said, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson's charisma really carries it. I think he's really fun in it, even though he's really dark and, um, but he has a heart of gold. 
Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't know enough about the Black Adam character to judge it one way or another, to tell you the truth. Um, it's always my biggest problem with DC characters is which one am I going to get? Like, which version of them am I going to get? And I don't know. Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know I, about Black Adam either. Like, yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I knew he was uh, born a slave, and I mean, I know a little bit about him because I have the Justice games. But, um, I mean, I, I do know that this story that they're telling is one of, uh, I want to say, is a Jeff John story uh, that they adapted and, or was the inspiration, I guess. Um, Makes sense because he was running. DC movies at the time. Yeah. The I mean, I could be so. wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I could be, but yeah, I mean, I had fun with it. Uh, you know, the, they did the slow-mo him fucking people up this time to Rolling Stones paint it black, which obviously was first shown in um, X-Men days of future past with Quicksilver. <laughs> and then the flash does it. And now black Adam does it too. But, you know, I guess really the first one was Spider-Man when Tobey Maguire is fighting Flash Thompson in the school and Flash Thompson goes to punch him and it's in really slow motion, but he's moving at normal speed. Now it's just, you know, amped up a little more. Well, yeah, the slow motion technology has changed a lot since 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but, I mean, it's still fun. I I like that... um, in a way, even though the Justice Society shows up to, you know, basically stop Black Adam, he, they bring up a good point that where were they when this nameless group is invading their country and just stripping them of their resources? Um, yeah. That, I think that's an interesting thing, and, you know, um, Black Adam, you know, tells them about it, you know, hey, you're the ones who are coming here and invading our country. I'm just here protecting it. And I thought that was an interesting look because, I mean, who is really a hero? Um, Yeah, you know, I I did like Dr. Fate in it. I thought was cool. Um, He had cool powers. But, you know, a thing that DC, I think, got wrong in in their... um, current movie slates and some of them is they try they put a lot of characters in them but again they don't earn what they have yeah Uh, like like adam and cyclone i mean what do they what's their story they just show up at a mansion and they have i mean a lot of people knocked mortal Kombat for this where you know shang song would say melina cabal but (laughs) this movie literally did the same thing where Hi, I'm Cyclone. I can control the wind. Well, I'm Adam, and my uncle gave me the suit because I can change size. I mean, there's really no. Yeah, they 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 explained their backstories for a couple seconds and then moved on. Yeah. So, yeah. That, like I said at the beginning, like I can't tell you other than Ted, which is a uh, um, Doctor Fate's human first name. I don't mm-hmm. know much about like I. They told us those backstories for Cyclone and um, Adam Smasher, but I don't remember them because they're just the whole Justice Society. Like they're just there. Like you don't learn much about them at all. Uh, you know, Hawkman. I guess he's like <laughs> Professor X. He has his own yeah. school for gifted kids, and he has his own X Jet. Which the the grounds that open up super overly complicated. <laughs> like yeah. There's no reason to have that many moving parts <laughs> to have. And I kept thinking up. too the the space there the jet looked like just a giant penis. I'm like, hmm. yes, <laughs> definitely penisy. Yeah, um, but I, like I said, I still had fun in it. Um, like I, I thought it was a cool movie. I yeah. Um, and the other weird part was, you know, in the trailer they they say like, oh, my son sacrificed himself for me, and then you watch the whole movie and it feels like. It plays out like, oh, the big reveal is that my son sacrificed himself for me. Like, <laughs> well, we already knew that because of the trailer. So this isn't that big a deal. I was just kind of sitting there the whole time wondering, like, didn't the trailer say that 
his son is involved, <laughs> but he's been back Black Adam since the start of this movie. I don't understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like surprise, surprise, but not a surprise. <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, yeah. it's still fun though. Like I, I think the story is introducing someone as well as they could, because it seems watching it. And then with the, you know, the tag scene and then all the stuff that's been released, it seems like they're just setting up a Black Adam versus Superman film. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, I think Henry Cavell should have an opportunity to do another Superman movie. For sure. Um, before he does um, another team up movie, you know, because I, yeah. I think he's earned it because I, I still think Man of Steel is a, is a good film. And I think he kind of got the short end of the stick um, with Batman, Superman, and Justice League. Oh, for um, sure. So, but, the, but it makes this movie, like I said, I feel hollow because it's just like, okay, it's it just feels like an excuse to like we need Black Adam origin movie just to get everyone caught up, and then like everyone else gets, um, you know, they're just there. It, it has no like no weight to it. Like I, I can't yeah. remember the the names of the mom and the kid and or her brother. Like uh, they're important Amon characters. There the- and um. I don't know. I could be wrong on that too. Yeah, because I think they said the kid—that's the kid's name, Amon. That sounds right. I don't remember the villain's name. He's just a devil-looking dude by the end. <laughs> um, yeah, the crown is like the MacGuffin thing. Um, uh, it's Adriana. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, you're thinking of Ishmael and Sabak. Yeah, hey, Sabak I was right. Was a... Amon. I was right. Damn. Um. Yeah, and I, I I think the most emotional weight the movie had was when Hawkman and and uh, Doctor Fate, you know, oh for sure, talking back and forth about like you know you can see my death. Tell me, yeah, you know, can you tell me what's going to be? He's like, no, because I'm, you know, I'm like Doctor Strange. If I tell you, it's going to change everything and <laughs> it won't come to pass. So I can't do it. But he was actually the whole time envisioning his own death. So like, ooh, cool twist. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, and then, and I do like that. If I tell you, then you won't let it happen, because, and that played out too, because he put that barrier to allow him to die fighting Sabak, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think too, I I think they're harder to remember because they're not as iconic as you know the other um, superheroes um, and but, villains. But, but the mean, movie should. The movie should make them though. Like they spent so much time, it, it, like it's 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 Black Adam movie, but I'm saying like the uh, other than his origin story, there's not much under the surface of Black Adam going on. But mm. there is with the Justice Society, or or not the Justice Society, but just Ted and Hawkman or Doctor Fate and Hawkman. And I'm like, does the yeah, movie yeah, understand like what wanna, it wants to be? You want a team up movie with those two, you know? Oh yeah, Doctor Fate and Hawkman. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the guy who played, I thought Hawkman was an interesting character, um, just a little underdeveloped. Underdeveloped. Um, that's the word I'm trying to use I mean, for this whole I thing. Mean, the, the, I think the actor's really good. Oh yeah, and, I think everyone's and, good in what they do, but it's just uh, yeah, they're underdeveloped, and it could be. There could be a longer cut of this movie, you know. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I know, I, I do know the director said there is an R-rated cut, and they made them tone it down. So, yeah, it's. I mean, but I, again, it sounds like we're trashing, but I actually had a lot of fun with it. Oh no, I uh, definitely. I like everyone is charming and fun, and even though the plot and everything about it is pretty what you've seen before kind of weak. Um, and actually like even the humor is kind of lame. <laughs> like the actual jokes aren't there. Like I said, there's the star cat. Like I think the only actual joke that like written joke is that um, they have an exchange about what sarcasm is. Yeah. But everything else is uh, like Hawkman looking at uh, Adam Smasher being like you, me later. Like, which yeah. isn't really a joke. It's just a reaction. <laughs> I, I did like, um, 
when they're looking for the kid and they're going through those um so uh those motorbikes you know that were in the avengers um yeah <laughs> and, uh, and when uh dr fate says you killed that guy didn't you <laughs> black adam goes um and then the dude like smashes <laughs> off screen i think it's funny um you know because it is interesting to have a character where he doesn't have you know the moral barometer that a batman or superman has it's just i don't care i'm stronger than everybody you get in my way i'll just kill you whatever it's an interesting um that's another anti-hero like venom or um the punisher i guess yeah but I, I think i mean i think black adam's more interesting than venom i don't know um it seemed pretty stoic to me like i actually felt like the rock was a little subdued because he couldn't be as funny as he usually is oh yeah for sure because he's, I, he's I, this guy out of time who's like where am i now i but i think there is something to be said about your screen presence when you can't be um you know silly Dwayne Johnson you got to be a little more you're right subdued also the other frustrating thing about the movie was that so at one point he's like you know what I I'm a day I realize what a danger I am you should lock me away so he surrenders himself he gets locked away on uh which Viola Davis is she like the DC character in the most DC movies at this point oh <laughs> she has to ev- be right yeah, in everything I feel like yeah well she's She's the common thread throughout them. Yeah. I mean, um, she's even appeared in the Peacemaker show. I don't yep. remember her in Birds of Prey, but. Uh, no, she she is, I think, right? I don't remember. But uh, she might be. It gives me an excuse to watch it again. Because um, I do love that movie. But uh, but yeah, so like they, they lock him away. And I was like, this seems weird because it's. Runtime wise, this movie's almost over, so I don't know. He has to be coming back right away. And sure enough, I think like five minutes later, Dr. Fate gets him out again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it just felt like a waste of time to do that at all. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part about it is Hartcourt made an appearance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I go, oh, we're tying it together to Peacemaker. <laughs> so, but also based on the news today, maybe that's all like last minute additions based on the new leadership. Yeah, so uh, the big news story of the week broke this afternoon. It's real news. And that is that, and kind of a surprise move, James Gunn and Peter Safran are tapped to lead DC Films, which is now going to be called DC Studios. Um that replaces its old name of DC films. I think I said that already. Um, and you know, it's challenging, but I think they got the right guy in James Gunn. Um, when I look at Safran's credentials, I mean, he, uh, he worked on the Batman and things like that. So, um, I, I think if you get James Gunn's love for the characters, because even though the Suicide Squad bombed, it unfairly bombed because that movie's awesome. And I mean, did it bomb or just not do gangbusters? Um, well, I mean, I think it did like 150 million total, but that's not like that's not a bomb. Like a bomb well, is like 30, is it, 40 million. I think it is when it costs you know 200 million dollars. Let me look it up so we don't have to guess. But um, but I, I like it because he's. You know, an interesting, I mean, James Gunn makes James Gunn movies, but he also loves the characters. Um, it made 55 million in the United States, 168 total. Um, but I, I think they, you have, they, what they really need is like, uh, like James Marvel, Gun- even though they, the, the secret to Marvel isn't, you know, they have all these characters that eventually team up to do the Avengers. It's they, they tell the story first and then allow the Avenger stories to grow organically out of there. You know what I mean? Um, and also, like, James Gunn likes all the characters. Like, 
from exactly. the heavy hitters down to the 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 f listers like he loves them all and will find a way to make them work yeah i mean he literally had the weasel in freaking his suicide squad yeah and he made a really awesome show called peacemaker about uh you know a villain that no one gave a shit about until <laughs> suicide squad and the tv show yep so whereas i think because you know, DC's intertwined with Warner Brothers, who just have a history of like focusing on, you know, top tier stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the stuff that's made the money. So, whereas, you know, when Marvel started, they were like, well, we can't, we don't have our A listers. So let's take our B listers and elevate them. And, you know, they did great things with that. Yeah. Because you're not tied to anything. They don't, people don't have expectations of it. Yeah. So when you take someone like Iron Man, I mean, people know who Iron Man is, but they don't know who Iron Man is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can have a story where you get someone like Robert Downey Jr. to be, you know, the man or the lead in it. And people don't remember back then he, he was trouble. Like he went through a period where he wasn't getting work and it was a risk to hire him. Yep. And now, I mean, you can't even think of it without him. So, um, they, they got to find something like that and it can't be a controversial casting like they always do with Batman. You yeah. know, I think, I think Henry Cavill being Superman is going to help them. Um, you know, you have, now you have Dwayne Johnson in your fold. Um, you have Robert Pattinson's Batman who is good. So, you know, you, you have the blocks here, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Gail Gadot's Wonder Woman, you have the foundation. Now you got to build upon it. It felt like something like this might happen because they already renewed uh, the Harley Quinn <laughs> cartoon show. Um, and they'll be in charge of the animation part, which I think they're, an- I've always liked DC's animation. So um, I think that's the one thing they have over Marvel. Cause I mean, Marvel doesn't really do animation um, movies like DC does. Now I think they just got to figure out the rest of their movies besides, I guess they, I guess the better way of describing it is that they got to be more consistent with their hits and movies that are good. Um, because they, you know, they shuffle them so much. And even this year, you know, they take Shazam out of Christmas and it just gets to a point where you're going, okay, is there, are they ever going to release Shazam? You know? Yeah, is Shazam up against Quantumania now? Yeah. Because I think Shazam is the middle or beginning of April, and I think Quantumania is February. So, Oh, so I thought they are in the same month. No. I think it's February. I don't know. I know uh, Quantumania is February, but yeah, which, which Shazam up to now? March 17th. Oh, yeah, so maybe a pretty much. Later. Yeah. So it's yeah, you just hope because I, I mean, I think the first Shazam is really great. Um, Batman was a great movie. Um, and I, I mean, I trust James Gunn because his Guardians of the Galaxy are awesome, and the new Christmas special trailer was awesome. Um, I mean, the, the premise of them getting Peter Quill, Kevin Bacon <laughs> as a <laughs> gift is, is awesome to me. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's the it heading in the right direction. And I think having the people in charge that are is, was a good move by them. And it's the first thing that Warner brothers discovery has done that I'm on board with because they've just made mess out of everything. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, the, the, the flash hasn't even been released yet. And I'm pretty sure that movie has been done for two years. So. <laughs> I know. Right. God. I mean, I won't be surprised in that movie if they recast flash at the end of it. I, f- I feel like you have to at this point, right? Well, well I think you have to, cause that dude's a total asshole. Yeah. I mean, so, no, apologies are not like, yeah. it's, it's hard to see him up there with the rest of the justice league. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It, it, there is, something that is to be said when you play a superhero you're you're not only the superhero but you you have to kind of embody them correct 
Yeah. You can't be a you can't be a a douche. Like that's because a, that's gotta be a bummer for a kid to like find out. Like because you they they have a hard time distinguishing the actor from you know the character than we do. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you, yeah, you can't have him be around anymore. I don't think. Yeah, it's a shame too because I thought he was great. In oh, I think so League. too. But yeah, I think he, so too. Unless he can figure out how not to be that way, but I think that's too big of a risk. If I mean, if I was in charge, I think it's way too big of a risk. Yeah. So you put out this movie and then you shoot a new ending without telling him because he's not going to be on any of the press tour. So I, I think you shoot an ending where he flash points himself into a new flash. Yep. I mean, I would like, if I was in charge of DC, that's what I would do in a heartbeat. Do whatever gets me Michael Keaton, Batman. And I'll I, be good. <laughs> I think, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be dropped from the movie. I think so too. Like, I don't, I think, I think they're going to put Ben Affleck back there and Ben Affleck's going to, do that Batman. And then, um, I mean, I don't know when the next Robert Pattinson Batman movie is coming out. So, you know, with Michelle Pfeiffer back mm-hmm. in like Ant-Man, cause it seems like she has a huge role in yeah. the next one. Like they should just do a Batman 89. What? 30 years later movie. Yeah. I think, I'm down. Uh, you know, people like us would, you know, it might not do, a billion dollars, but I, I think it'd be fun for uh, HBO Max or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I've said before, I mean, Batman Returns is my favorite Tim Burton Batman, and I mean, it's still like my fa- like my fifth favorite Batman movie. So, yeah, <laughs> I know sometimes the studios are listening to this podcast for ideas. So, well, know. I mean, they have to, right? Yeah, if they want to make money. <laughs> Can you imagine? There's like some warehouse where there's just people listening in on, on like nerd podcasts. <laughs> like, no, I bet there is something to it that, I mean, I'm not saying ours, but um, where they see, you know, who's saying all the, who's talking about our movie and what are they saying about it? You know, I'm sure there's some marketing guy who's doing right. it. I think that's mostly through social media hashtags. That's where they get that information. But uh, the, me picturing like a person who has to come in at nine o'clock and sit down <laughs> and listen to their podcast and like take notes. But, oh, yeah, apparently they want a uh, Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Batman 89 movie. Um, so maybe we put that on the <laughs> <you've> struck oil. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that the real news podcast? Cause they've had some great ideas before we've done them and they've made us a lot yes. of money. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so yeah green light it right now <laughs> yeah fuckers and yeah then they clock out at five go home go back to their <laughs> real lives <laughs> and then and then over dinner over meatloaf and green beans and they'll say and then i listen to the real nerds podcast and his wife says if you bring up real nerds podcast one more time you can podcast your ass into divorce court whatever that <laughs> is. <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know it goes back to work and they're a little sluggish, so the, their supervisor comes in like, look, if you don't get on this, I'm going to replace you with an algorithm, all right? Because we can do that. It would be a lot easier, but, you know, you should be thanking us for this job. <laughs> we got a lot of people out there that would die until <laughs> to listen to Real Nerds Podcast talk about DC films, okay? So you got to decide, are you with us or are you against us? So you power through, the, power through those horse fucking comments. You <laughs> 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 quit complaining. Or you're out of here. <laughs> it's not so bad these days, but in the in the beginning, <laughs> those are some long episodes. <laughs> now they're good until next week when they do film explosion in 2012, <laughs> and then fuck them. Hey, here's the one thing you recommend, or maybe don't recommend, but you think people should check out because it's weird or fucked up, or we want to talk about it. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I still got to think of like uh, a clever name for this fucking segment. Yeah, do. I don't know what I can call it. You're better at coming up with names, so you come up with something, asshole. Uh, okay. Uh, why don't Why don't you uh, give me something to focus on? Because you're rambling off a bunch of different things you've tried to accomplish with this segment, and so let's let's just narrow it down. We'll just we'll just call it um, wild card because it's whatever I want it to be. 
Ryan's wild card? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> By the way, did you see I, I put your Rod Stewart section up on the website? Uh, no, you didn't say anything to me. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. How no. do I know? Sorry, it's there now. And I, I called it something that I think you'll like. Nice. Thanks. Okay. Um, yeah, give me some things. Uh, okay. Frankenhooker, Nightmare Weekend, Dawn of the Dead, Saturday the 14th, The Wolfman, Prom Night 2, The Evil, Night of the Demons, Prince of Darkness, Graduation Day, The Fun House, Black Roses, The Company of Wolves, uh, The House on Tombstone Hill, or in some places, Dead Dudes in the House. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the fuck is Frankenhooker? What? You haven't heard Frank? Oh, man. Uh, it's a trauma movie where uh, some dude who gathers a bunch of parts of Radio Shack, I think, um, his girlfriend gets slayed by a lawnmower and he puts her back together uh, with hooker parts. So hmm. it's like Frankenstein. It's, yeah, so he he uh, goes around town murdering hookers and then taking his favorite parts of them and then resembling them as his deceased girlfriend okay yeah and yeah it's not great um but i think it's like stupid and silly on purpose um and there's like a ton of nudity so i think you'll enjoy that well yeah i mean the nudity has to i mean i have this show has to be somewhat (laughs) um yeah it's a trauma release so i think is it <laughs> that explains a lot <laughs> um it's just, yeah it's just, it's just schlocky and the effects are kind of all over the place like there's some really great stuff and there's just like i forget what it was but there's one that, that's like you'd even try on that one <laughs> like um you know there's some like fake body parts that might as well just be costume shop plastic present i don't know um actually you know what I think I will talk about uh, Triangle of Sadness. Okay. Oh, no. Or should I talk about Miracle Valley? All right. Triangle of Sadness was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an artsy film <laughs> about uh, how awful and stupid rich people are and how ridiculous they are, which I think the trailer explains. Um, <laughs> it does. But yeah, I think the trailer what... kind of gives away too much of it. Yeah. It, it, nothing really was surprising about it just kind of played out like you expected for the trailer you know a lot of the humor is just in these situations of of people just being rich (laughs) and how uh absurd their expectations are and then um uh by the end it kind of boils down to like hey if the world ended you know nothing really matters except for like you know the only people who are powerful are the people who can accomplish things so, like, by the end of the movie, after the ship is wrecked, um, basically, um, the people who are the wait staff on the ship are the people with the skills to survive on the island. So, they basically become the people in charge, and then all the rich people who have no skills are basically slaves to them. So, right. yeah, and so, then they're, beca- then they're like, there are new power structures that emerge, um, where you know the person who can catch the food can ask people to do things that they want and then it puts a rift between like other people um who were once in charge of them yeah so it's interesting and then um eventually that power structure gets upended when they get rescued so you know the people who the people they used to be uh beholden to are now in charge of them again and like what what do they want to do to keep that power um so yeah mm. it's pretty fun and then miracle valley is i guess the directorial debut of greg sestero from the room okay oh the the room guy well the the mark for the room guy not tommy Wiseau. yeah yeah i know like he's the friend yeah the friend um so I guess he made a horror movie called Miracle Valley where uh, a guy and his girlfriend are on a trip like a, a relaxing vacation because 
I don't know, she's going through something. Um, and he's kind of a dick who wants, who's planning on dumping her anyway. Um, but he's uh, like, she recently had a death in the family. So he's, he's just sticking it out. And so he's like, Oh, I'll make her feel better by taking her on this trip to this exclusive place. in I don't know, the Southwest. Um, not sure exactly where, but it's miracle Valley. Um, and there's a group of psychopaths that are like roving the streets. Um, abducting people yeah abducting people and then eventually drawing their blood to make like a super blood that cures all diseases Mm -hmm. and so as they're driving to miracle valley retreat or whatever there's like a road rage incident and so that you know it puts a spotlight on them so this gang or whatever starts uh following them and then weirdly befriending them and then inviting them to this religious event that's kind of like a recruitment thing and his girlfriend is like I want to go to that and all this other stuff is dumb and I don't want to hang out with your friends and he's like okay I'll take you to the event and then she basically gets brainwashed into doing whatever they say and uh, him and his friends get attacked and uh, eventually murdered uh, by this cult um and it's just awful. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound good. The acting I it it had to be on purpose how bad the acting was. Um just given that, you know, we're like if I was making the movie, I was like, oh, I'm known from this bad acting, this other bad acting movie. I kind of feel like I have to appeal to the fan base by also making this uh yeah, you're saying a bad acting movie. But it didn't feel like initially it felt like an earnest attempt at just making a good movie that was not great. Um yeah, and there's like this biker villain guy that just is all over the map. Um he's kinda like the mom from uh the Terrifier Two, but like it's a like a a raged out dude. Um Yeah. Eventually the like the girlfriend realizes she made a mistake and there's no sense of space. Like people just jump from scene to scene and like travel from scene to scene. Like there's one point where the girls in the lab, uh, like doing research and find out she made the mistake. And then it cuts to another scene with Greg doing something, uh, trying to thwart their plan. Then it cuts back to her and she's already like tied up in the silo. I'm like, when did they, how much time has passed? Uh, when they abducted her and put her in a silo. And then there's like another girl who was abducted at the beginning of the movie who's uh, found and she becomes kind of the hero by the end. And Greg dies. <laughs> and there's like, uh, cool. Like the, the two girls survive and like, this was their movie. I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, yeah. It's literally at the end of the movie. It was in, it was in theater eight. So there's five rows and it was me in the third row. And like, a couple people in the fourth one and the movie ended. And the one dude stood up and said like, that was awful <laughs> and walked out <laughs> or no, that was terrible. Uh, I got a little chuckle of that. I thought it was just me. I thought everyone was, have, was having fun, but yeah, it's he's like, like that old Pat and Oswald bit where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jerry Maguire with his brother. We live in a cynical world. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kind of like that, yeah. So, yeah, what's uh, what's the one thing you recommend? Um, so there was a new Mortal Kombat animated film that came out. What? Uh, yeah, called Snowblind. And so it's a Sub Zero movie. Uh, uh, so yeah, Sub Zero is in it, and but he's not the main character. It, he's one of them, but the actual uh, it revolves around. It's actually. I saw a trailer for it and I wasn't that excited for it because the uh, antagonist is Kano and he's one of my least favorite characters for some reason in the games, but I really like him in the movies. I, I, I think in the new he's, movie he's, yeah, he's the breakout star in the new one. Yeah. Even in the old one where he goes, if this thing, some guy is so great, why is God? He's such a crummy looking boat. <laughs> I like, I don't know. I like him in, like the films um 
And it was an interesting premise where uh, they didn't explain it, but he's now called King Kano. And it deals with a lot of, um, I don't want to say forgotten characters, but characters no one cares about, really. Like Cobra and Kira and Havoc and a bunch of literally D-list Mortal Kombat characters. And I said, you know, I mean, obviously I'm going to get it because I'm a completist and, uh, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And it's actually pretty cool. It's kind of uh, a Mad Max style um, where everything's part of this thing called the Wastelands and Kano is the head, like, tribe guy. Well, Kano Uh, is Australian, so... Yeah, exactly. So um, they go around from town to town, sapping up the resources and killing anybody that um, like stands in their way. And it's actually, and Sub-Zero uh, has given up uh, fighting and he's a farmer now, but he, you know, once, uh, once Kenshi loses his eyesight, he trains Kenshi to, to fight and, um, and then there's this really epic showdown at the end. And I don't want to spoil the ending, but they actually did something pretty cool with uh, it plays heavily into what happens in Mortal Kombat 11. Um, and I mean, I guess I'll just, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain why it makes it even cooler um, and how it goes. Uh but there, there's an element to it which I think they can actually build on for future movies um, where it's not necessarily canon, but it just, you know, builds on it, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, where they're not tied to the lore of Mortal Kombat. They just take the characters and put them in a new situation. Um, like there should be their own it, uh, Mortal Kombat Elseworlds. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I mean, I already know the, the next one that's coming out is called Cage Match that features Johnny Cage. So um, I'm not sure well, what that one will be about, but this one was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And the, the commentary on it's really great. Um, so yeah, it's called Snowblind. Because um, it features yeah, it's- Sub-Zero and Kenji. Yeah, uh, Sub Zero, Kenshi, and Kano is really who it features. Yeah, but it's called Snowblind because there's something about yeah. Sub Zero and Kenshi that makes sense, I guess, if you watch it. Yeah, well, Sub Zero is obviously controls the cold, and Kenshi is a is a blind swordsman. Yeah, Snowblind. Yeah, so it's um yeah, it's it's a, fun, it's a fun one. I mean, if you like Mortal Kombat, I check it out. It's it's hard to get into if. You don't know a little bit about Mortal Kombat, but it's still fun. Cabal's like the the main henchman, too. So, like I said, it's kind of cool seeing characters maybe not given their due kind of have a little movie to showcase in. So, yeah, that's what I recommend. Yeah, I've seen enough of that Luke Kang guy. Yeah, I mean, I I do know that they they killed Luke Kang in Mortal Kombat 5 for that reason. Like he wins all the time. Let's kill him and <laughs> go a different way. Um, which doesn't matter because in Mortal Kombat 9 they reset the whole timeline. So whatever. But it's still fun. Um, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we're doing Film Explosion 2012. Um, and I'm guessing by the way you're putting this out, this won't be out by the time we record. So will do no one any good to listen to this and hear if they should send in their list. So just to rely on those social medias, I guess. Yep. So yeah, send them to us. Um, and yeah, until next time, I'll see you at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd can follow the plot of a real nerd. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple, 
or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.